Inside Access pushes the legal limit. High Rollers with Jason and Ken. 105.7 The Fan. Time to try to make the people some money on the line as the host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Ryan Horvath. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. And Ryan, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Before we get to the games, I, I just got to get your, your the pulse of how you're feeling about the Packers right now. Oh, yeah. They, they could be in some trouble, actually. Mm-hmm. I took the Jets last week. I gave out that couple different times you know not only with the points I thought the Jets were live just because if you look at the Packers issues right now everybody including myself talks about the wide receiver room and they don't really have a deep threat they don't really have that wide receiver who could create separation they have a couple nice young rookies I mean Christian Watson hasn't been healthy Romeo Dobbs is fine but again he's only a rookie and Alan Lazard's nice but I don't know if he's a true number one wide receiver he's better suited as like a number two and number three. But the real issue for them has been the offensive line. You get guys back, all pros like David Bakhtiari, who's missed the last two years. You get Elton Jenkins back. But right now you have guys playing out of position. The offensive line's a mess. Rodgers has taken way too many hits, especially for his age. And the other thing is, you know, I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning that final season or even Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers, but right now he's not connecting on the deep ball. And for some reason, you know, the offense – even Matt LaFleur's play calling has really taken a step back, and he's relying on that deep ball. He's not connected with anybody. And then I think we overrated the defensive side of the ball a little bit. You know, the pass defense is really solid until they face play action. Then they dip to 32nd in the league. They're really not solid against the run. And I think they overpaid for a few guys. Rasul Douglas, it looks like. Devondre Campbell have regressed a little bit. They still do have Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they can make a run, but I I, I really like Minnesota and the NFC North, and I don't mm-hmm. even know how good they are, but I do think they win the division. I think the Packers could be in trouble. The Detroit Lions are not winning that division. Um, the Detroit Lions are a weird team. They're still like third in the NFL in offensive touchdown scored, and they had a bye and got shut out the week before that, so they played like half as much as everybody else. But the defense is epically horrific, and I wonder if the offense has already sort of plateaued and we've got Dak Prescott coming back to a Dallas team that has a loaded defense. Do you like anything about this game? Dallas minus seven. I think the last time I checked, Dallas team total was something that I could see them going over. Anything you're looking at here? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, you know, because I actually played the Lions plus seven just because they're coming off a bye. And, you know, we said this, when, when everybody was all excited about the Lions during hard knocks, I know Dan Campbell's a great quote, and he seems like a really good guy. And that stuff's really cute in training camp. You know, the yeah. coaches doing up-downs and yelling at each other. That stuff's cute. But when you're 1-4, 1-5, then it's not as cute. Then guys are looking to get out of town. And I think that – I don't know where the Lions are heading because I've never been the biggest Goff fan, but he hasn't been the issue. Like you said, they've been able to score points. You know, there's been some stinkers here and there. You know he's not going to be able to push the ball down the field. Ultimately, a lot of a lot of injuries because I really like St. Brown mm-hmm. and you know you really like Swift. Yep. But defensively, they've been a mess, man. Even after you know drafting Hutchinson, they're really bad in the secondary. I do think they keep it close coming off a bye, but I do expect Dallas to win, and I do like that look on the team total. I think we're going to get a lot of points. I like the over in this game. The only concerning thing is how good Dallas's defense, especially that pass rush, has played. I love Micah Parsons, but I think the Cowboys win this game. I think the Lions keep it close. I took them plus seven. Um, and I'm and I never back Detroit because I just did not believe in this team. But I do think this is the one good spot that they have on the remaining schedule. 
We're speaking to Ryan Horvat, Odyssey Sports Gambling Insider. It's Inside Access on the fan. Ryan, before we get back to your picks, we do have to update you on our producer, Stonefelt. Oh, yeah. When you joined us last, he was 0 for 12 on his best bets. He has since rode a heater. He's 1 in 17 now. Do you have... Yeah, do you have any advice for him, or do you think he should just keep letting it ride at this point? I think good things are coming. I think you just got to keep letting it ride. You know, maybe, let's say, here's the thing. Maybe you're betting too many favorites. You know, maybe you're looking at some of these lines and you're thinking, Tampa Bay, they're coming off a loss. Brady eventually has to look right. What I recommend is don't bet teams, bet numbers. Look at key numbers, like tonight. Let's look at the Saints. I probably wouldn't have bet the Saints tonight plus two and a half because we're not getting the key number of the field goal or the three and a half, meaning if they lose by the field goal, we lose the bet. But if you lose by the field goal, you could at least get the push. And I think the Saints are live tonight. I think they have just as good of a roster as Arizona. I know D-Hop comes back, but Cliff Kingsbury, I expect him to be back in the college football game next year. I just I don't think this is made for him. And I think it shows, man, like Kyler Murray, the Cardinals, they never score in the first half. They're yep. at their best when he plays backyard football. We'll see if that changes tonight with D-Hop. And they do trade that six-round pick for Robbie Anderson. But I recommend just bet the numbers. Don't necessarily bet the teams. You know, on Saturdays, for example, you'll see every once in a while in Nebraska, a bad team will be a 14-and-a-half-point underdog against Oklahoma. They're not going to beat Oklahoma, but we always see these backdoor covers, and miraculously they only lose the game by 13. So I would just look at certain numbers rather than certain teams because sometimes it seems too easy just to take the favorite. But if you're betting against the spread, it's never that easy. And there's always value in bad teams. Like I just got done talking about with the Detroit Lions. Ryan, you mentioned Saturday. Anything on the Saturday slate college football-wise that you really like? So I like LSU, and I hate saying that because I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I you know, root against Brian Kelly. But Brian Kelly, I loved him last week because he's always great against you know, after a loss, he's always great against the spread. And they've kind of figured some things out there. And it doesn't really make any sense that we have an undefeated Ole Miss team who, you know, is off to this great start. And now they're going against an LSU team with a couple losses. Granted, the game is at home. And they're underdogs in the game. And I think when it comes down to it, because Ole Miss really hasn't played anybody, if you look at it, you look at their, you know, you look at their signature wins this season. They did beat Kentucky. But Kentucky was just getting Chris Rodriguez, the running back, back. And in that game, you know, they actually should have lost that game, Old Miss. They got lucky because Kentucky literally fumbled the game away three times in the second half. So I do like LSU. They're figuring some things out. The passing game's much better now. Keyshawn Boutte actually showed up last week. And I think they're really tough up front. And I think that Old Miss, you know, they, they haven't really been pushed yet to have to prove that they could throw the ball down the field, which sounds crazy because you think Lane Tiffin, you think of a team that's going to score 50 points a game. But this year, they're doing it all on the ground. Jackson Dart hasn't really had to make plays down the field, and I think he might struggle against that LSU secondary that's very underrated. So I like LSU. And then um, the other one that I like, I'm actually going to fade Air Force this weekend, and I'm going to grab uh, Boise State plus three, which if you watch the first couple games of the season, it was an absolute mess. Since then, they fired their offensive coordinator. Their quarterback at the time, Hank Bachmeyer, is transferred out. And now they've completely switched their offense around. They don't throw the ball down the field anymore. They pretty much just run. I think they have the 19th rushing offense in the country. Pretty much they become Air Force. And uh, I think they win that game outright. So I grabbed them plus three. So Boise State and LSU are my favorite picks for college this weekend. We'd be remiss if we didn't get your thoughts on this big Ravens-Browns contest. It looks like... 
Um, that line has continued to grow a little bit. Now Cleveland's getting six and a half. Anything you're playing there or anything you're monitoring, like perhaps if that thing gets on to seven or the other side of seven. Yeah, you know, and that's where maybe you'd look to play the Browns. Yep. But I can't do it right now with Cleveland. And then, man, I mean, Baltimore continues to let me down, especially in the fourth quarter of these games. But <laughs> I expect a big bounce back performance, man. I mean, that was a terrible interception thrown by Lamar, obviously, to end that game. And, you know, he's had some struggles here the last couple of weeks. But I like the Ravens to get right in this spot. I, I just, I, I eventually think, you know, they're going to be fully healthy and they're going to figure some things out. So I do like them in this spot coming up this weekend. And I still like them to reach those 10 wins. And I don't like Cleveland whatsoever right now. I mean, it's easy to, it's easy, it's easy to blame everything on Jacoby Brissett because Deshaun Watson's not going to be available till week 11. But on the defensive side of the ball, and I know there's been some injuries with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, but they spent all that money. Yeah. They cannot stop the run. So I think Baltimore is going to run all over them. I think they'll you know, then take some shots through play action down the field. I like the Ravens a lot, and I'll be fading the Browns here the next couple weeks until Deshaun comes back because I don't like the play calling right now from Stefanski, and defensively, they can't do anything right. Ryan Horvat, always great. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. That was the host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvat. Be sure to listen to the BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan Horvat's analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Coming up next here on the program. We need to get into what's happened to this Ravens deep passing game. Like, it's it's become non-existent. What are the reasons? Can they fix it? We'll tell you next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on The Fan. 105.7 The Fan. Baltimore's home for sports. It'll do a lot for us. You know, that's our number one guy. You know, um, he runs great routes. He's a fast receiver. He's top guy. So we definitely need him back out there. But he just takes his time. When he come back, I feel like we're going to need him at the perfect time. Lamar Jackson talking about the return of Rashad Bateman, who has practiced the last two days. So hopefully he plays on Sunday. And, and could it simply be just Bateman going out has shut down this passing game as there's nothing down the field lately? No, I mean, there isn't. Look, we, we chronicled a lot in yesterday's show the the devolution, if you will, of the downfield passing game and attempts by Lamar that traveled 21 yards or more in the air. They tried seven of those passes against the Jets and hit two of them for big touchdowns, 55 yards to Bateman, 25 to Duvernay. Since then, they're four for 17 on those passes. None of them have gone for more than 26 yards. Um, and Lamar is one of the lowest-rated passers in the NFL at this point for the season. A QB rating of 50 on passes that travel 21 yards or more. And I was doing some work on Jacoby Brissett today. And I'm like, well, let me run some numbers on Lamar here, too, because it seems like the play action is dried up. And it's it's startling. Through the first three weeks, guys, Lamar had the six most dropbacks in the NFL and play-action passes. He was third in the NFL through three weeks with a 144.5 rating on play-action, 28 of 37, 385 yards, 10.4 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Three games since then, and obviously no Bateman would be one of the common denominators and nobody else really stepping up. Last three weeks, Lamar Jackson is 17 of 29 when dropping back in play action. That is just uh, 58%. 
no touchdowns, two interceptions, just 6.4 yards per attempt, so four yards per attempt less, a 48.9 rating, which is dead last. To go to from third best at something mm-hmm. among the best of the best to dead last among all starters at the same thing, beg some questions. Did Lamar become a far less accurate passer in play action? Well, he's had a lot of overthrows, so that might have something to do with it. But is it more a personnel problem? And I think when you see a dichotomy that stark and you know Bateman's not there and you know he doesn't really have it with these other guys and they can't really separate and he probably doesn't really trust them downfield, I think it's probably more the latter. It's extremely shocking, the disparity between the two, because in the first three games, Ravens were getting nothing out of their running backs. So defenses didn't... And they were shuffling their offensive line. Remember, we didn't trust the left tackle. We weren't sure about the center. Mm -hmm. We're not sure about the left guard. You run play action to suck up the front seven. And if you don't respect running backs, then that's less likely to happen. Now, as far as this three-game stretch, yes, Bateman being out two of the three games, and he did get hurt in that Buffalo game, but he wasn't great beforehand. He averages less than three yards per reception. Now, the personnel beyond Bateman, beyond Duvernay, has proven that they can't get the job done. If they could, you aren't bringing in Deshaun Jackson. You wouldn't bring in Demarcus Robinson if you believed in your draft picks. They aren't being effective thus far, and I don't know if any of us have the confidence that they're going to turn it around anytime soon, Ken. No, you've got, assuming Bateman is full again today, maybe he plays Sunday. I think Deshaun Jackson's going to play Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I, but it sounds to me like Cleveland's a team that you can have a lot of success with or against in with in the ground game. So I, I don't know if this is the week they start throwing deep balls. But the problem is, I, I think it's a bunch of issues. It's not only the personnel, but Lamar's missing guys too. Lamar's got to be better. And the, sure. over the last three weeks, he has not been good. He's missed touchdowns that were there for him. Uh, so hopefully he starts playing better football because they can't afford we've talked many times about him and the basically the offense built around him he's got to play better football for them to win consistently he likes play action he likes early down play action and he's really good at it for it to fall off a cliff i mean yes i think part of it is lamar but i think bateman even when bateman and you know i'm not someone who's here to anoint him yeah i'm not i didn't think of him coming in the this the year the way you guys did but he can run. He has a big catch radius. He has skills that you have to respect. I'm not saying he's a legitimate number one or anything close to it, but the drop-off from him to Robinson, you know what I mean, and these other people trying to fill that void of the routes he would normally be running is pretty significant. Oh, it's immense. It's immense right there, and... Bateman coming back is only going to help this offense with Captain Obvious right there. But as we've been saying, Lamar needs to be better, and we give those passer rating numbers. How much different would it be if Lamar hits a Tylen Wallace on that deep touchdown on a fourth and mm-hmm. long? If he finds Devin Duvernay earlier than he did that ended in an interception with Jordan Poyer? You can think of multiple times here where he gets a touchdown here, a touchdown there. The passer rating looks drastically different. Now, does that mask the lack of personnel at wide receiver? No, 
But he has to be better passing the football. There's no doubt about it. We do have a poll up at IA1057 The Fan, and that's where you go for all our polls. Is uh, We we like to, to put this out to the people and see what they have to say. And, T-Bone, we go to you for all things poll-related at our, at our Twitter page. And, and our polls... Each and every one brought to you by Ortho Maryland. Ortho Maryland's here when you need them, offering urgent walk-in care, same-day appointments. Don't wait in an ER or urgent care. Go straight to the experts at Ortho Maryland. Lamar Jackson, play-action passing, weeks one to three, good. Weeks four to six, bad. Ravens lost Bateman from an unproven wide receiver room. Did Lamar suddenly lose it in play-action, Ravens flock, or is it something else? It's the personnel off to an early big lead at 68.8%. 31.2% it's Lamar. And the reality is it's a combination of both. But yes. I, th- I think when you build a wide receiver room as lacking in special talent or proven commodities as they did, and then the guy who you've sort of anointed to be the number one because you traded your former de facto number one goes down, and you... Your only response to it is now two weeks later, maybe two weeks too late, to sign a guy in Deshaun Jackson who was on the street at any given point yeah. the entire offseason. I think if you're pointing fingers, you could certainly point some that direction. Hey, one other note, and we hope to hear from G. Rowe and Mike McDonald coming up at around 5 o'clock in Purple Rain. But according to Jeff's Reback covers the team for the Athletic, Greg Roman, during his his time at the podium, said even after the Morgan Moses injury, the plan was to rotate Ronnie Stanley. He said Stanley made the call to stay in. Hmm? Take that for what it's worth. I would think that means Ronnie Stanley is now their left tackle without a rotation moving forward. I, I would assume. I, I would think so. Hey, coming up next, we continue to preview Ravens and Browns. Daryl Ryder covers the Browns for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. He joins us next. Inside Access with Jason and Ken. Jason, Ken, and the third member. I'm Tim Barbalace. It's Inside Access. Oh, he's terrible. He's a hack. 105.7 The Fan. Ravens, Brown, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Let's get a preview behind enemy lines as we go out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline. Daryl Ryder covers the Browns for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. He joins us now. And Daryl, good afternoon. Thanks, as always, for joining us. So what's uh, – we, we figured Jacoby Brissett would, would not turn over the football, ball control offense, the defense would be really good. It seems like none of that is happening in Cleveland right now. Well, I mean, just uh, the Browns have given a lot of games away early in the season. And, uh, you know, last week's game that saw Brissett throw a couple of interceptions and, and fumble – Obviously, that stands out. But uh, I will say this in defense of him: the Browns are not two and four because of Jacoby Brissett. They're two and four because of their defense and special teams. Well, sticking with the defense, Daryl, they got a couple key guys banged up: Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. Is there any update on those two? Nope. Uh, I don't think Denzel Ward will play. He hasn't practiced all week. He's been in the concussion protocol, um, so he'll probably miss his second straight game. Uh, Clowney and uh, Garrett both practice today. I would expect that both of them will try and play on Sunday. Uh, but that, I have a feeling, will be a game-time uh, decision. My expectation is both of those guys get listed as questionable tomorrow. 
Uh, obviously, the Brownies are having some of the same issues as the Ravens, protecting leads, pr- putting games away, finding ways to close rather than, um, uh, you know, finding ways to lose. Are there any theories in those parts making the rounds about what's going on with um, the Browns? Are, are there being fo- fingers pointed in any particular directions? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, they you got John Johnson yesterday talking about how there needs to be more of a commitment from younger guys mm-hmm. outside the building that it's, you know, the week before you had players talking about will and want to, and it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the wheels are starting to come off the wagon. So uh, if they lose this weekend, I think things could get really bad, really fast. I mean, defensive coordinator, Joe Woods was talking about today, man. <laughs> I thought that, you know, we'd be further along and be able to do more with our defense and we wouldn't be having the problems that we're having. And, and I mean, if it's not one thing, it's another, you know, early in the season, it was blown coverages or miscommunications or techniques or whatever cliche excuse you want to throw out there for blown assignments. And then it, they can't stop the run. Now, granted, they lost uh, their, their, you know, one of their veteran linebackers and Anthony Walker. And I, I guess certainly uh, underestimated his importance because right after he got hurt against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they went on to give up 200 plus yards rushing in the next two game in each of the next two games, I, I should say. So I it just, it, it's not good. Um, more blown assignments against the Patriots uh, last week. And if they think that they're going to get better this week, uh, Lamar Jackson is like the wrong dude to have to go against where you think your defense is going to get healthy or improve. So, um, yeah, I, I point most of the fingers for the, the, the Browns' current record at a defense considering the volume of talent that they have that is largely disappointed. We're speaking to Daryl Wright, who covers the Browns for 92.3, the fan. It's inside access on the fan. I want to get back to Jacoby Brissett, Daryl. And you said that the record isn't all on him, which, of course, we all agree with. But two uncharacteristic parts of his game is he has been turning the ball over a lot, especially over the past couple games. And deep balls. He's fourth in the NFL for 20-plus air yard throws. Uh, just your your thoughts on those two. Well, I, I don't think it's smart that they're having him throw deep. I kind of feel like they're calling plays as if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback right now. I mean, the second pass he threw or on the second play of last week's game against uh, New England, he rolled to his right, extending the play. Farrell Brown is wide open for like 10 seconds, it felt like. By the time he threw the ball, uh, Patriot safety had plenty of time to come over and, and pick the thing off. He had a deep ball to David Njoku up the far sideline. Njoku did a beautiful job slamming on the brakes and coming back for. But again, had it been a good throw, Njoku could have caught it and walked into the end zone the final 25 yards. Um, uh, he got picked off another another deep ball. Now, I'll defend him early in the season with some of his picks. The Jets interception, that was just a desperation situation. Yeah. Same with Atlanta. So I'm not going to hold those two interceptions against him. I will hold the turnovers last week, though. The, those uh, certainly, uh, you know, so basically you're looking at three interceptions, not good in a fumble. So four turnovers uh, by him. But again, three of those occurred in one game against the New England Patriots. And look, Bill Belichick is really good at getting guys off schedule. Remember, he had Brissett for 
one year with the Patriots. They drafted him and then, uh, you know, got rid of him after one year. So Belichick knows, uh, you know, his weaknesses in that. And the thing with Jacoby is when he gets off schedule is when he runs into trouble. When he's just running the offense. And Alex Van Pelt, the Browns offensive coordinator, uh, talked about it today because there were a lot of underneath throws he could have made on Sunday against New England, and he went deeper down the field. And one of the things Van Pelt said is that they're going to get back into the completion mindset going forward because that's when they played their best offensively. And I think that that's just so very, very true. What's the climate there like, I guess, now that we're kind of, I guess, going a little bit past the midpoint of the uh, quarterback purgatory and, and we've got Deshaun Watson in the building. I know he's not practicing yet. Are people clamoring for him? Are they talking a lot about this in Cleveland? Or is it sort of more still on the back burner because he obviously still can't play for a few more weeks? Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to talk about other than uh, another lawsuit getting added. Uh, came out today, I guess, in June. The Ohio Highway Patrol pulled him over for speeding, and one of the local TV stations happened to get uh, the uh, the body cam footage of the traffic stop. Uh, so that kind of went viral today. Um, but um, it's it, there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Quite frankly, I think Brown season is going to be over before he even takes the field because uh, up until this point, they played one of the easiest schedules in the league. And going forward, they have like the most difficult schedule in the league. And considering the problems that they have in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, they're 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 cooked, <laughs> and the Ravens can uh, light up the barbecue uh, on uh, on Sunday if they come away w- with a win over Cleveland. Um, it's I just I this notion that Deshaun Watson's going to come out on December four and just magically over the final what six games that he's allowed to play save the season or make the Browns contenders instantly. I just I think it I think that's just beyond. Un, uh, unfair and unrealistic because uh, I quite frankly am expecting Deshaun Watson to have to knock a lot of rust off his game. So to me, once he takes the field, the goal is, is just to kind of really establish an offensive identity so that going into next off season, they have something to work on and build off of. Daryl, I was going to ask you for the final question. You're feeling this game, but it sounds like you, you think the Ravens are, are – or if they if they show up, they're going to beat them down. Well, I mean, it's hard for me to pick the Browns uh, with any semblance of confidence, um, just because of uh, you know. I, look, I recognize the Ravens got their own issues down there. Uh, it was funny. Uh, Jok uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Browns linebacker, was asked about uh, Lamar Jackson talking about putting on a show and wanting to put on a show or whatever, and you know the Ravens needing to get their season turned around and finish games and things like that and he was just like yeah well I guess that makes two of us because we're in the same boat as them Um, I'm calling this the give it away bowl because that's all these two teams have done for the the you know first part of this season is give games away so uh, if the Browns defense comes in and plays the way they have the first uh, uh, six games of the season yeah I I I think the Ravens are gonna have no problem winning this football game because um you know, and they clearly aren't going to lean on Nick Chubb to carry the offense. They had Jacoby Brissett throw the thing 45 times last week, and Chubb ran it just 12. Why you would give it to give the ball to a home run hitting running back who runs like Jim Brown 
and can break it every time he touches the ball, uh, even when you're trailing. Uh, I, I don't know why you would even think of doing that. And, and clearly last week the Browns, the thought never crossed their mind. So, um, yeah, I, I think if the Ravens get out in front and make the Browns play from behind, it's going to be an uphill battle for Cleveland all afternoon because this team is not built to come from behind. Daryl Ryder covers the Browns for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Daryl, great stuff as always, man. Thanks so much for your time. You bet, guys. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Coming up next, we'll stay in the AFC North and we'll take a look at the other team in Ohio. It's Northern Exposure. The Bengals getting ready for their game Sunday. We'll hear from Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor. That's next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason Ken. Northern Exposure on Inside Access. Sponsored by Plaza Ford. See why customers have trusted Plaza Ford for more than 85 years. Get quality vehicles and superior service at Plaza Ford. Bel Air Road in Bel Air or online at plazaford.com. Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman traverse the AFC North. 105.7. He's got three games where he's run for over 50 yards. He's playing at a really high level, and he's doing exactly what they need him to do on offense. And um, they got really good weapons with Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts, and the way their offensive line's playing, and, and those backs, the way they're utilizing those guys. Uh, it's just a really, really, uh, really finely tuned offense they got going right now. Zach Taylor talking about the Atlanta Falcons, who are sitting three and three, and uh, I guess uh, Marcus Mariota, NFC offensive player of the week this week i called the thought on this game because the ravens injury report is out and we'd like to get that to the people as soon as possible uh guys mark andrews did not practice knee rashad bateman limited second day in a row foot class campbell limited foot ben cleveland limited foot dobbins did not practice justice hill full for the second day in a row justin houston limited second day in a row lamar jackson full after being limited yesterday morgan moses limited marcus peters after not practicing because of rest yesterday did not practice with the quad ricard did not practice knee and ronnie stanley full a lot going on there um we've seen peters not practice before and play yes which in general we don't see a lot from the ravens but he has been an exception the, the Andrews thing has uh, officially uh, caught my attention. Yeah. Two days in a row. That's a big deal. Ricard, I think, didn't practice and played as well earlier this maybe year. Maybe he was limited one day. Maybe. maybe He might have been limited one day. Maybe he. Maybe I think he was limited early and then did not practice, did not practice. Yeah. Uh, boy, oh boy. It would be just their luck if Bateman comes back and somehow Andrews can't go. Oh, Ricard, Dobbins, which I don't think we expected him to play, but it's an extensive injury report, as really has been the entire year. So let's get back to this game. Uh, the uh, Bengals taking yeah. on the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons, I guess, better than we expected. Especially, Definitely better than I expected. Especially after Cordero Patterson went on the IR, because he seemed yep. to be their whole offense. Still out, I think, one more week, but... They're playing decent football. They beat the 49ers comfortably last week without uh, Patterson. And A.J. Terrell, their stud corner, went down in that game. And again, it, it didn't matter. They're, they're a weird team, though. And, and you know, boy, Mariota's not. I mean, he's throwing it. What, they won a game. He completed seven passes. Mm-hmm. Even last week, he was highly efficient. But I don't think he even attempted 20 passes. 13 so, to 14. Yeah, they've, they've <laughs> got a, an equation there that they're able to stick to. But... That's a tough template, you know. That that's a that's a tough way to go. Um, they're running the ball with sort of by committee, bunch of different guys. 
I still don't buy the defense, though. I mean, they've given up 10 passing touchdowns. They only have eight sacks. Their sack rate is three point. They get a sack on 3.3% of dropbacks. That's 32nd in the league. The league average is 6.9. So, I mean, they're they're not even close. Um, they've been really efficient in the red zone. Cincinnati has the third best red zone defense. So, you know, I wonder if the rubber hits the road there a little bit. If A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward can't go in this game, then I really like the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's hear more from the Bengals. Joe Burrow talks about his O-line. These guys are playing very well for us the last couple weeks. They're going to continue to get better and better. Uh, They're meshing as a group. Each individual player has played really well for us. And so I have all the confidence in the world in those guys. Uh, Do you feel like the line's playing better? Yes. And I think they've recalibrated, and they're not trying to hit as many deep shots, and they're being smart about that. And this week... Again, they're up against an opponent that has eight sacks through six games and a 3.3% sack rate, worse than the NFL. So I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be under much duress. And he did connect with Jamar Chase for some big plays in the second half last week, which they absolutely had to have if they were going to overcome the deficit to the Saints. And I wonder if that's something they could build on again, especially if Atlanta is down its top two corners or even one of them. Yeah, that was the first game where it looked like the Bengals' offense, right? Yeah. Jamar Chase, as you said, he, they hit him for a 75-yard touchdown. And we keep waiting for this offense to get on track. And Burrow, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 yards. And it's been ebbs and flows with this offensive line. They weren't great against the Ravens. They still gave up three sacks last week. But going against this Falcons team, defense might not be great, but they are scrappy. And yes, they are. I, I equate them to the Lions of last year, but they're winning games. Yeah. They're 3-3, three and three, which no one could have seen. And they blew that Saints game at the end, the Bucks games when they had that roughing the passer, oh, when, when they could have had a uh, game-winning touchdown drive there. You can't overlook the, the Falcons. Weird stat with the Falcons. The last 11 times they've had a chance to go above 500, they've lost. And that goes back a ways because they haven't been above 500 much in recent years. The last 11 times they had an opportunity to go above 500, which obviously even includes opening days, they've lost. I think you made a good point, Jason, getting Jamar Chase back involved. And he had two long touchdown catches. Well, one real long touchdown catch. That's something we saw a lot last year, at least long catches. We haven't seen that at all until this past week, really. No, we haven't. And and again, this could be just what the doctor doctor ordered against an Atlanta team that's probably played a little bit over their head. Um and that could be depleted some defensively and again doesn't there's not a lot of bite on that defense. And I, I feel like the Bengals are getting right a little bit here. Coming up next, a little purple rain in the forecast. We'll hear from Greg Roman. We'll hear from Mike McDonald. Greg Roman, why didn't Devin Duvernay why why did he get no touches last week? He'll tell you next here on the fan. Side access on the fan.